Major support for Out to Lunch on WWNO provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with more than 375 attorneys and offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base, joneswalker.com, and from Iberia Bank, offering comprehensive banking services designed to meet the needs of consumer, small business, and commercial clients, serving Louisiana clients for 100 128 years and now serving a regional base with a commitment to developing people and investing in its communities. IberiaBank.com. Additional support comes from Luba Workers Comp and 30 North Investments. From Commander's Palace Restaurant in the Garden District in New Orleans, we're out to lunch with Peter Raschuti. Peter Raschuti is Tulane University's A.B. Freeman School of Business professor and economist. It's business, New Orleans style. Hi, I'm Peter Raschuti. Welcome to Out to Lunch. Most of New Orleans is five feet below sea level. It's hot for over half the year. We spend time in and out of the water on both sides of the lake. We go tubing in rivers. We cool off in swimming pools. And many of us take an annual pilgrimage to Mississippi, Alabama, and the Florida beaches. So it's a pretty good idea to learn to swim. After all, who doesn't love swimming? And if your name happens to be Love, you were at one time or another the head coach of the Costa Rican National Champion Swimming Team, and you now teach up to 1,000 kids a week to swim. Well, what better name for your business than Love Swimming? Marshall Love, welcome out to lunch. Great to be here, Peter. Thanks so much for inviting us. Now, of course, kids can't spend all their time locking about in the swimming pool. They also have to spend time playing games like Battle for Zendikar, War Machine, and Pokemon. Uh, for that, they can get someone to drop them off at Jeremy Henson's store and Gamer Gathering Spot Plus One Gaming. Jeremy, welcome out to lunch. Thank you, Peter. I'll start with Marshall, though. Marshall, uh, love swimming is uptown in an otherwise mostly industrial neighborhood between Chapatulas and the river. Uh, you walk into what looks like a warehouse and you're greeted by a kid's pool party on steroids. Uh, everyone seems to be having a riotous good time. At, at a thousand kids a week, you must be teaching almost every kid in Orleans Parish to swim, and you've been doing it since 2002. You're obviously doing something right. Is this an idea you based on swimming schools you'd seen elsewhere, or, or did you actually create this concept? There were other swim schools active, certainly before we opened in 2002, uh, but I was teaching lessons and groups at Newman School with Kate Dwaron, my uh, my uh, co-owner, okay. and we we found the water there was uh, was a little chilly. We had younger siblings interested in in joining in, and they were cold in 82 degree water. They were also somewhat off put by the large scale of the pool. Okay. So uh, I spoke to Kay one day after a session and said to her, you know, we should open a swimming school. We should do something with warm water. We should and we should do something with the salt water that I've been hearing about. And uh, she, she said, okay. And she came back a few days later with, uh, with a full business plan and we were open within three months. Now, were those pools there, or did you build them out? Or? No, we were in magazine for about two years before we uh, were able to find a warehouse nearby on South Front Street where we had space to put in two pools. We have a longer pool and a shorter, smaller pool, uh, for all for lessons with kids and adults. We, we work with phobic adults as well, but the water's warm enough that they can get in. So this was a, an empty warehouse when we moved in, um, and we did a lot of the work ourselves. We were... Uh, 
busy bees for, for <laughs> six months. Now, Jeremy, one of the knocks against this generation of kids is that they don't spend enough time doing whatever it was that kids used to do, uh, fighting and running around unsupervised, as I recall. And they spend too much time with their heads buried in a screen, playing games alone. That's what most of us probably think of when we hear the word gaming. Although your business is called Plus One Gaming, I believe that you're not contributing to the anti-social gaming phenomenon. You're fostering a healthier aspect of gaming it. Now, did I have that right? Yeah. Um, so most, um, most of us, I mean, kids and adults, we all just spend our times buried in screens, school, work. We come home and watch TV. Um, but all this gaming happens around the table. It's with physical components, boards, cards. Um, we host events every day of the week. Uh, so they get tons of face time. We have people, volunteers, staff, that will kind of help them get, get involved with each other, meet each other. Um, and gaming gives a structure to that interaction where it's not just kind of a free-for-all out on the playground. They've got something to kind of get their heads around and make that introduction a lot easier. Oh, that is that is not the, when you think board games, I uh, like Dungeons Dragons, that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, um, Dungeons Dragons. It's in its fifth edition these days. Wow. Um, but yeah, um, there's card games like Pokemon, uh, Yu-Gi-Oh, Magic: The Gathering, uh, Dungeons and Dragons. There's a whole renaissance of board game design out there. I have to ask you. I think I know the answer. Were you one mm. of those kids? Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> started playing D and D in sixth grade. Both of you um, are going after the same market, I guess, in, in some ways. And I guess the thing that surprises people is just how big that is to, to the economy. I mean, you know, they, they may not be earning paychecks yet, but they're, they're really good at spending. I have a couple at home. They're terrific. I don't know where they learned this, but it's... Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, there are people that have just become, like, addicted to gaming, but most people have a pretty... These kids have a pretty well-rounded life, right? Yeah, um, yeah I mean, <laughs> I find most of the time... Um, Kids end up kind of stuck in academic academia too much. Uh, they're pushed a little harder than a lot of other countries, um, and that playtime ends up getting kind of short, uh, shortened in school time. But games, games and stories are the two biggest ways people learn. It's the easiest, most natural way. Uh, you know, we've been playing games forever, um, and it gives kids an opportunity to, to really integrate things like math, reading skills. Uh, into their just fun activities. They they get used to dealing with other people, socializing. What do you think, like problem solving? Problem like solving, that? learning how to take a loss. Yeah. You know, get up and move on. Uh, pretty much everything. One wow. of the differences that I hear is, um, what, you know, what we, we do work with kids. I'm not sure what your age bracket yeah. is, but probably five and, and up. We, we start at six months. Sure. Johns Hopkins has done a study that says that, you know, children are in re regular water classes starting at six months are actually smarter than other kids, yeah. um, wow. which is a fantastic is statistic for us. For us. <laughs> it, it stimulates brain activity. Uh, the neurons are fire sooner, and the connections are made earlier when, when children are in, the, in a womb environment, That's which is warm water. Yeah. Well, you know, I've got to ask you, there's got to be a lot of people in New Orleans that don't know how to swim, right? Too many. We do reduced classes for groups. We've done classes um, for whole schools and, and, and camps in the summer. We also work with special needs where, you know, we have, um, we have 
St. Michael's and other organizations uh, coming in, uh, doing doing regular lessons weekly, and, and that can be a, a, again a favorite activity of these kids, a super sure. duper outlet, and something where um, they're just they're just thrilled to be there and also making new friends. Jeremy, how much money yeah. are we talking about in in all of this? It's it's a big business. How much do kids need to, to come out and play those games? Well, um, some games you can start even for free. A lot of these companies put out like card games will make a little half deck um, that we're, we're supposed to just give out. Um, intro deck will run usually 12, 15 bucks. Um, now, the upper end, that depends. Um, some of the cheaper board games, 20, 30, 40 dollars, but a card game is collectible. It's like it's like little baseball cards. Yeah. Uh, you buy a pack. In fact, I saw your IRA, and it's all filled with Pokemon <laughs> cards. I think that's great. It's yeah, you, you buy a pack of 12 or 15 cards. Uh, you get one of the rare ones in there for sure, but you don't know what. Uh, so it's very common that it's just kind of like going to the arcade. You spend five, ten dollars every week when you come in. Yeah, I remember that. It adds up. Yo, that's <laughs> that is great. Now, this is the part of the show where we do the checklist. Uh, you know, we're going to take a break and ask you each a quick question that you probably wouldn't find on a loan application. Don't be scared. But, um, <laughs> Marshall, I'm going to start with you. Um, you got a lot of energy, so I'm going to ask you, what keeps you up at night? Guitars. Guitars. Guitars and music. <laughs> uh, Kay and I both actually are um, uh, we, we've, we've been involved in music forever. Kay, Kay was a professional singer and still is. She actually, she's going on The Voice in France, my, my, my really? uh, in next month. She's a world-class singer. And um, I'm a Grammy-nominated songwriter. I've uh, written a couple songs for a band in Lafayette called Roddy Romero and the Hub City All-Stars. And they were nominated for a Grammy in 2008. And I was lucky enough to be along for the ride. Yeah. Um, so we both, but I think that that, um, that exuberance that, that, that's a part and parcel of music comes into play in teaching swimming lessons. Really? That stage presence and that that love for song. A lot of our lot of our most our, all of our young classes and really all of our classes have an element of song and music in them. And that engages kids and really in the end Kay and I are both just big kids anyway. <laughs> all right, now Jeremy, I'm going to ask you something. Um, how do you hire? I mean, what questions do you ask? I mean, you've got a staff over there. Yeah. Um, um, so we we get asked all the time, or we get customers, I'd love to work here. I bet. I say, oh, why is that? Well, you get to play games all day. <laughs> Bad answer, say, right? Oh. <laughs> so that's, that is my first question, is why do you want to work here? And I'm absolutely looking for something other than I want to play games <laughs> and get paid for it. Um, but we keep we keep our interviews pretty short, actually. Um, why do you want to work here? We want to know uh, how they've worked on a team in the past. Uh, what the biggest conflict they've had in the past is. The the biggest thing for us is they have to be on board with our mission of um, promoting the gamer community and building excellent experiences. Uh, they have to have competency, and I don't get that on a resume. That's easy. They have to be able to work on a team. I prefer people with a little experience, but customer range, we range from 10 to in their 50s, 60s, Everybody plays games. Now, I would, I'd have to ask you, what is behind the renaissance in these board games? So what, board games are this kind of strange phenomenon that nobody saw coming. Um, in Europe, they had a big board game uh, push coming by. You probably heard of Settlers of Catan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, that's a German game. And it kind of sparked this whole thing of like, oh, we can make these games that are interesting, that are engaging, that do more than just roll dice, move a little piece around the board, and cross your fingers. 
A German um, game where they invade other countries. I can't imagine where they ever came <laughs> up with this. this is, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, so that just kind of spurred off this whole thing, and, and these people started coming out with new designs and creating conventions where they'd get together. Uh, the Spiegel de Yaras was the big one, and that came over to America, and Americans started saying, well, we're going to try that too, but we're going to go more theme. Europeans are... Uh, they like to do these interesting interlocked mechanics, these kind of clockwork games. Uh, Americans want spaceships and laser guns and wizards and, uh, you know, just everything. So when you're a kid in school, um, if you're into this, there's certain kids in school that know exactly what you're talking about and others right. think you're from Mars, right? Yeah, yeah. And most times you say, yeah, I do board games. Like, oh, like Monopoly? Oh, yeah. And I say, no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, um, Marshall, I have to ask you the same question now. Who are these teachers of swimming where where do you find those a lot of people a lot of kids start out in their adolescence teaching lessons at the at the local pool and find that they've got a uh, talent for it and find that um, this is really something that they not only are good at but that they get a lot of gratification from and i think that's what really drove Kay and i towards this mission that you know we we were working really hard, but we were feeling really good about the work we were doing, and we're getting a lot of love back from the families. Um, to have a kid come up to you at a Saints game or during Jazz Fest, which happens dozens of times every time I do one of those, um, uh, it's a thrill because they remember me, the parents remember me, and or, or our you know our swim school, and we'll just say thank you so much for what you've done, and, and that makes you feel great. Yeah. And I always let them know that it does make me feel great. And they can still hear you yelling, kick, kick, kick. As exactly. In the exactly. Now, Jeremy, I've got to ask you a question. Did you, uh, how long has the business been open? Uh, about four and a half years. So you were doing something before this. What, yeah. what was that? Uh, immediately before, I was attempting to do freelance web design. Okay. That's a, sometimes uh, a tough business, a lot of competition. Yeah. Uh, before that, I was a church secretary. So, yeah. Wow. I and then this is something you loved and thought, I think I can make a living doing this? Yeah. Um, I've, I've been going to gaming stores since I was a teenager. Um, my wife, too. And um, we had been going to one uh, in town that had seemed to kind of be on the decline. It wasn't doing quite as well. And um, we were talking just privately, you know, how could, how could you do it better? How could you make a, a game store really succeed? A lot of them are these little kind of clubhouse atmosphere, small clientele, um, but it seemed like it could be so much more, that gaming could really reach out and reach a lot of people. And lo and behold, after Katrina, it, it didn't survive. It lasted a couple of years and it closed. And we said, well, are we serious about this? You know, do we really think we know what we're doing? And we gave it a shot. So gamers marry each other? Yeah. I, I always thought that, too. Yep. That was the other <laughs> That was the other part. Hey, both of you had to come up with some capital to get these, these companies. They're not terribly capital intensive. But where did, where did all that come from? Sure. Um, I'll start um, with uh, Jeremy, I guess. Well, um, mine came from family. Okay. Uh, my, my mom's an uh, accountant and does very well managing her money, so she backed a, a small business loan for us through uh, Gulf Coast Bank. Oh, wow. And it she getting paid up. back and everything? Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, bit, bit by bit. <laughs> okay, she can't go to Thanksgiving, you know, unless, you know, right. you, you pay, you're current on the loan. That's uh, the... Uh, yeah. And, uh, Marsha, what about yourself? Uh, that, that took some money, the undertaking. Credit cards. Credit cards. Is that what you're recommending to our studio audience? Yeah, That's I always had a lot of credit cards in college. I didn't know what they were for. I, I always <laughs> paid them down. But, you know, I tell, you, I t tell small business people all the time, keep, you know, make, your, make sure your credit is impeccable. It makes a huge difference. And when you're able to get 0% loans for 18 months, 
at, you know, if you're able to get X amount of money for, for zero percent interest and you really believe in your idea and you don't spend it foolishly, um, they're great. it's a great tool. Wow. No one's ever given us that answer before. That's terrific. I think that's obvious. Let me ask you both. You, you've got the facility down near, near CHOP and all. It, what about scalability? I mean, you've become so big. Do you, do you want to scale up? Do you want another pool? Do you want to be in another town? Uh, you know, we've, we've, we, we actually opened in Lafayette uh, after Katrina, and we did well there, um, but not nearly as well as we did in New Orleans. And we were spread pretty thin. Uh, we indeed opened one on the North Shore, too. Um, we, at one time, we had three locations. But we're doing m- much better now in terms of net uh, than we've ever done. And I think it's because of the boutique nature of our business. We're able to sell the location in Lafayette. We did well with that. But, um, you know, and we've thought a lot about franchising. But this is the kind of business that you really want to have a lot of control over. You, there's no margin for error. Um, if you get too big, things could go wrong. And when things go wrong in swimming, yeah. you're in, you know, you've affected people's lives in a real negative way. So um, it's just, we want to take, just treat all of our swimmers and clients with kid gloves and make sure that everybody's well cared for and everybody's happy. We, that, we make that our number one priority. Well, you, you very much should. That is, uh, that's true. And Jerry, what about yourself? You got the store. You're, mm-hmm. You said you're over near the... Uh, where Houston's used to be, uh, yeah. veterans. Uh, um, you got the one store. Do you at night? Do you think you'd oh, open more? All the time. <laughs> all the time. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I have a lot of interest in opening more locations. Um, I think what we have to offer is very scalable and reaches many different demographics. Um, and it's a reason I hire to our mission that I want people that are absolutely on board with our our passion about community that. I can find people I can trust, give them the keys, you know, give them the reins, check in once in a while. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, you know, as far as hosting events, uh, selling retail products, easy. Uh, But putting on great events, I think we have, with games, you have a lot of structure. Uh, So you have models that you can kind of replicate without too much trouble, as long as you have the right people involved. Not to get too far in the weeds, but how do you make your money? You've got... Bunch of kids there on Saturday morning. Yeah, um, we we take an unusual approach for a lot of businesses. Our uh, space, our, we have a lot of tables and chairs. More than half the square footage is play space, and it's free. You can come in and sit down and play whatever you want. Um, well, within reason, but uh, but we make money on sales. Uh, the the retail logic is impulse buy. Uh, you know, sixty something percent of purchases at retail are impulse. So we make it very easy to buy. You know, you come in and you buy even just a $4 pack of cards, great. Um, but we've got games up to 100 bucks, um, some more than that. But we put it all right in the front. You walk through that, you get to the game space. People always buy. Um, Exit through the gift shop. Right. Yes, they <laughs> right. That's the model I was familiar with. They, uh, they, uh, yeah. But it's, uh, you almost can't help yourself. This stuff's so exciting. And, you know, be they 20, 30-somethings, be they parents. Parents love to get their kids into gaming so they can play with them. Um, you know, young kids with we'll mom's be out money. There for sure. I mean, my kids will be out there. After. They're going to hear this, <laughs> and we'll be there in five minutes. Well, you created a nice community over there. Congratulations. Thank you. 
Marshall Love, uh, Jeremy Henson, right around 20% of the U.S. population is under the age of 15. That's about 60 million people. They don't have to own their own checkbook or credit card, but they drive a substantial segment of the economy. It's often not a market that shows like ours take seriously, frankly. And although this might not be the most serious conversation you'll hear today, it has been nonetheless very, very illuminating. Thank you so much for joining me and taking the time to come on Out to, out to Lunch. Thank it's you. It's been fantastic. Thank you yeah, so much, Peter. Wonderful. Great. I've enjoyed it. The, uh, my guests on Out to Lunch today have been Marshall Love, uh, the co-founder and owner of Love Swimming, and Jeremy Henson, the co-founder and owner of Plus One Gaming. You can find out more about Marshall's swimming and Jeremy's gaming by following the links on our websites, www.wno.org and itsneworleans.com. Our show is recorded live over lunch at Commander's Palace in New Orleans. Commander's Palace serves lunch Monday through Friday, jazz brunch on Saturday and Sunday with live music and dinner seven nights a week. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Solid swimmer Jennifer Brady is our researcher. Mitch Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. Mitch's new record, Puzzle, is out now, and you can find out more about that at MitchellForeman.com. You can get the show as a podcast. You can listen to all kinds of past shows, and you can keep up with us on social media by going to our websites, itsneworleans.com and www.no.org. If you want to know what we look like, you can find photos from this show on our website and Facebook page. These photos were taken by Allison Moon. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com and WWNO 89.9 FM. I'm Peter Raschuti. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Commander's Palace for more business, New Orleans style, on Out to Lunch. Major support for Out to Lunch on WWNO provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with more than 375 attorneys and offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base, joneswalker.com, and from Iberia Bank, offering comprehensive banking services designed to meet the needs of consumer, small business, and commercial clients, serving Louisiana clients for 128 years, and now serving a regional base with a commitment to developing people and investing in its communities, iberiabank.com. Additional support comes from Luba Workers' Comp and 30 North Investments.